Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. First uh, Corinthians 12, 12 says the body is a unit. Somebody say unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though its parts are many, they form one body. Somebody say one body. So it is with Christ. Verse 14. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now I know this is complicated and simple all at the same time. But this is the church. If the foot, can you imagine the foot doing this? I mean, this is like more crazy than animals talking. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would for not that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the body were all an eye, where would its sense of hearing be? If the body were all an ear, where would its sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head say to the feet, I don't need you. On quite the contrary, the parts in the body that seem weaker and indispensable and the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that we think are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. What it's saying is, y'all are wearing clothes. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're wearing clothes. Why are you wearing clothes? Because there are parts of your body that are not presentable in the congregation of others. There are parts of your body that you are covering and treating with special modesty because those are your parts. So here's the deal. What the Bible is saying is, do you cover each other? Do you cover the people that you don't think are ready to be presented because they will be destroyed and they will be embarrassed or shamed in a public environment? Or are you flashing everybody? Are we running around going, whoa, look at that. Look at that person. They're, they're messed. Have you seen their Instagram? Have you seen the way they're, they're, I don't even know if they're a Christian. You don't do that with your body. Anything that's even weird on your body, you hide. I have ugly feet. I, just be honest. I have weird, ugly feet. I got this toe that's connected in a weird way. I have this, this weird disease called one hand, two foot disease. And it's where my hand, and this hand right here. So I'll never shake your hand with this hand. It's not the hand you shake anyways, praise the Lord. But I have one hand. What? Yes, they can get it. It's, it's contagious. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and my hand gets dry. To the point where if I work out, today I'll wear one glove working out with Rich. Do Never work out with Rich unless you want to be in 300 movies. So I'm trying to be in the 300 movie next year when it comes out. I'm working out with Rich. But I have to wear one glove because uh, my hands are different. One hand, uh, it, 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 like, it like, I don't know, it just it hurts. It cracks. It does things. And both my feet do that. It's just something I was born with. But, but when me and Christy were dating, um, I never took off my shoes. Right? I didn't take off my socks. 
Why? Because, you know, these feet are not the feet that I want to present. I mean, this right here, come on, come on, and, and this right here, I, I, want, I want to let you know I'm here, but, but we ain't, I'm hiding my feet because, oh, you see my hair, right? Oh, but, but my feet, I'm covering them because I don't want you to, to neglect the whole by seeing the one thing that's wrong. So, so here's the deal. If, if we want the world to see the head, if we want the world to see the head and the beauty of the head, we might have to cover the feet every once in a while. And I'm not telling you to be weird or, or awkward, but I'm saying it's, that's you no benefit to go, look at that person. They are such a hypocrite. They are such a non-Christian. Wow, I wish you were a Christian like me. I wish you could be out in the open like me. But here's the deal. We cover parts in our body. Why wouldn't we do that in the church? Jesus said, you're the body. Don't be weird. Uh, okay, we'll keep going. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts we think are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. While our presentable parts, while all the people that are out there in public eye need no special treatment. People always try to give me special treatment. I'm saying, if you're not treating the foot like you're treating me, then what's the difference? Because when you treat the foot a certain way and you don't treat the mouth the same way, then you're treating the head. Uh, honor is not just up. We honor you. You're a pastor. Pastor, would you like anything? Pastor, do you need some water? Pastor, can I, can I wipe your booty for you? I mean, this is the level that we treat our pastors. Pastors, can I put a rug out so you can walk on it so you don't have to get your feet dirty? Pastor, 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 pastor. But we treat each other like trash. I'm just the mouth. That's all. I'm just operating with the head. And sometimes I'm the, I'm the big toe. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm the mouth today. Tomorrow I might be the big toe. But here's what I want you to catch. You better treat the big toe like you treat the mouth. And why? Because how you're treating us is how you're treating Jesus. Because he's the head and we're the body. Look, you can't hate your neighbor and say you love God. <laughs> How do we do that? Mm. Touch your neighbor and say, I love you, big toe. <laughs> nice body. I work out. Good. But God has combined the members of the body and has given great honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but the parts should have equal concern for each other. I love this. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. That's why we can look at our volunteer of the week and we can celebrate, even though you didn't get picked as volunteer of the week. Why? Because when they got picked, you got picked. <laughs> That's why I can celebrate with Hillsong LA. It just got a building. I am really, at first, was really lustful that they had a building because I want a building really bad. But all of a sudden, I realized when they win, I win, right? And we can celebrate with our friends at Hillsong LA and Zoe LA and Sanctuary LA and Reality LA and the Dream Center. Why? Because when you win, I win just like that. Why? Because you can't win with the hand and lose with the foot. When the hand crosses the finish line, so did the foot. 
Touch your neighbor and say, you better keep winning because I'm going to keep rejoicing. See, when, when a part of your body is hurting, you know what the rest of your body does? It stops everything it's doing. And it feels the pain with you. It's weird how when my hand hurts, I have a headache. I got a cut on my hand, but I have a headache. Why? Because my body's trying to teach me how to be the body. It's trying to teach me that, that when the hand's wounded, you see, it's, it, it's, it's important to know that when someone invites you into your, their pain, they're inviting you into their life. And when someone invites you into their life, they're only inviting you into it, not to blame them for it or to walk away from it. It's actually a special honor for someone to share with you their pain. And it reveals your connection. And all of a sudden, the head's going, I got to stop everything. I can't, I, sorry, I would love to talk to you. I'd love to think about this, but I, I got to get some medicine. I got to get healing for this hand. We cannot move on without this getting healed because if we do, we may forget it's there and get used to the pain and get used to the discomfort. But one day we'll look down and we'll have gangrene in that spot and it's going to affect me too. I'm going to be laying, look, this is what you got to tell your neighbor. Neighbor, I, you got to catch this. You gotta get healed. You gotta move forward. You gotta get out of that hospital bed. Why? Why do they have to? Do you know why they have to? Because we're connected. If they don't get healed, you're stuck. If they don't get healed, what's in them will eventually get in you. Because if my hand gets gangrene, so does my foot. So does my leg. So does my arm. This is, like, this is where it becomes beautiful. When we're actually calling each other out in love and letting each other call us out in love, when iron is sharpening iron, we don't want to do that because we don't want anyone to claw our eyes out. Because if you say something about me, I'm coming back at you. But what if we just open our heart and say, look, do you see anything in my life where I need healing? You see any areas where I'm still stuck when I was 10 years old and I'm still trying to work through? Have I, have I, have I revealed to you any emotional things in my life that, 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 that you don't understand where it's coming from? Can we talk? Can we have real conversations? Here's what the body does. When I got a cut on my hand, the rest of my body started covering it. Immediately it started healing it. Immediately all my, all my blood endings and my nerve endings rushed. Uh, I'm not a doctor, so I'm saying things wrong, but just flow with me here. Everything my white blood cells and my red blood cells, they rushed to save and to rescue and start repairing. They gave up their placement in other areas to rush to help the one area that was hurting. And they started, they, they, they got something called a scab. And they said, we're going to actually put up a, a temporary barrier to protect you from outside elements. And we're going to just cover you while you heal. Why don't you, why don't you heal back there? Why don't you go ahead? I'll, I'll cover you. I'll put myself out here. I'll stretch out over you. I'll pray over you. I'll, I'll give over you. I'll believe over you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a blockade here so no other things get in here. And I'm going to protect you, but you work underneath. You start working underneath. You start healing underneath. You start developing underneath. And this is what we're called to do as the church. We're called to be the body of Christ. The body. I have just a few points, and then I'm done. I have a few points I'm going to share. Number one, if you're taking notes, uh, it is a proven fact that you are smarter than anybody else in the room. 
If you're taking notes, it's proven if you're single, you will find a wife. Amen. So make sure you take notes. Ah, praise the Lord. We don't need a single church for the rest of the time. We need, to, we need you to make some babies. You got to first get married. And so, you know, do we, does anybody want to get married today? We do, we do marriages right here. No, just kidding. I had a friend who during his sermon did a impromptu baptism, and then he did an impromptu wedding. He said, if you've been living together and you just need to get married, we're going to do it today. And people stood up and got married. Now, I don't know what happened with her dad or his dad or their family, uh, but there are death threats against that man. Praise the Lord. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, and we'll have it on the screen, I, I believe, in uh, JJ version point one. Number one, an attack on one part of the body is an attack on all. An attack on one part is an attack on all. Here's the deal. When someone starts saying, I'm being attacked in my finances, alarms should start going off in your head. Because if they're being attacked, it won't be long till you're attacked. An attack in one part of the body is an attack on all. Meaning, I have to take notice when my family is going through things and I have to pray for them like I want someone to pray for me. Yeah. So if you're going through something today, we stand with you. We fight with you. We cover you. We walk with you. But you got to let us know. you got to open your heart. you got to say, ouch, I'm hurting right here. I'm walking through this. Now, you don't have to come out and stand up in front of everybody and say, I am just struggling so bad. I hate life. Find someone. Find the elbow and say, elbow, I don't know who to tell, but i got to tell somebody. Would you stand with me and fight with me because... I just lost my job, and I don't want to lose my job next time. And either God's going to train me to keep my job, or he's going to give me a better job in place of the one that I have. Amen? Amen. Number two, my differences don't exclude me. They make me indisposable. Indispensable, I'm sorry. My differences don't exclude me. They make me indispensable. The heart is like nothing else in the body. There are not two hearts in your body. Can you imagine the heart coming into this room and going, oh, I'm the only heart here? <laughs> I'm a, this church must not be for me. This body must not be where I'm supposed to be. I've had people say that. Oh, man, there's only 30 kids in the kids' ministry. I wanted like 150, or I need more families, or I don't see anyone my age here. I'm the only one my age. You know, for a long time, we had one teenager right here, one teenager. Now we have over 200 meeting on the campus, right? We had one teenager, and one teenager did not give up saying, you know what? Thank God. I guess I'm the one that's going to bring the fire in this church. I guess I'm going to be the one teenager that God multiplies through. Look, if you're a young at heart in this room and you look around and you're like, all these young adults, I don't know if I'm going to make it with all these young adults. Well, just thank God he chose to put you in the body right where he puts you and you beat, baby, you be the heart that you're called to be. Yeah. Sometimes you got you to go, man, this is kind of cool. Some people go, oh, this is stupid. I don't want to be the only heart. No, no, we need the heart. If anything goes with the heart, wrong with the heart, we're like, what's wrong with the heart? we got to have the heart. Why? Because the heart is pumping the blood through the body. 
Just because you're the only one, whatever that is, does not mean this is not your place. Does not mean this is not your home. Number three, for the body to function healthy, every part must do their job. They must all function. Touch your neighbor and say function. Come on, function. Now in the world we have something called the Prieto uh, principle, and the, the thought is that everywhere, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And 80% do 20% or none, or it could be off or different uh, 20% do 90% or 20% do 100%, but the basic principle is that a small minority does the majority of everything while everybody else sits back along for the ride. This is not the church. This is not what God calls the church. He calls us the body. Here in the body, all of us have a place to function. I don't know what your function is. You might have to start asking Jesus, what is my function? I, as longer you don't know what it is, the longer we are stale in a part of our life. If you're good at business, maybe God's wanting you to help with the business of the church. If you're, good at, if you're good at community, maybe God's wanting you to help build community. Here's the thing. Whatever you're irritated in with the church is probably what you're called to. If you're like, man, that guitar's always out of tune. Maybe you're a guitar player, and you're supposed to help with that area. But what doesn't help is you sitting as the leg. The whole body's trying to move, and the leg's like, I ain't, I ain't going. Why won't you function? The rest of us are functioning. And we're all held back because you are not discovering your function. There is nothing that God created that doesn't have a function. There's nothing he forms, fills. That's it. He forms and fills you to function. He forms and fills you to function. To function. To walk out this thing with fear and trembling together. If you're in this place and you're like, I just came to sit, then, then what does that have to do with being the body? We came to run the race, the good, the good fight of faith. We came to, to, to beat our body and make it our slave so that at the end we won't be disqualified from this race that God called us to win so that we can run with perseverance and passion and fire and zeal for the Lord. If one part doesn't function, the body still I'm going to read one last thing check oh good number seven I'm going to go to number seven I'll come back to the other ones next week number seven the heart working on being the eye only forfeits the power it has, but always falls short and affects the whole body. The heart, trying to be the eye, misses out on being the heart and never becomes the eye, therefore losing its power and never becoming its purpose and fully affecting itself, no, affecting the whole body. If the heart was trying to see, it would never because it was trying become what it was trying to be, but it will become its purpose and its function. Why are you saying this? Because too many people in the body are trying to be somebody else. They're trying to be somebody else. They're trying to be somebody else. They're trying to be somebody else. Can I tell you this? 
There, there, is a, there is no one else in your race. Stop competing with the person next to you. Stop, regional pastors, stop competing with each other to preach in this mic, to speak at offering. Coaches, stop competing to have the bigger group, the more prayerful group, the more worshipful group. Businessmen, we're not competing. Singers, we're not competing. We're functioning. Function in what you're called to do. Why is the hand still trying to be the heart? And why are we missing out on what we're called to be? Look, I don't want you to be me. I want you to be you. We die if you become me. We die. We don't not function in this out, out of order. We die if you become the heart and you're the eye. We die if the heart becomes the foot. Why? Because we need everything that God gave us. It is Him, not me. It is Him, not you, that puts all the parts in the body for the function He called them to be. If you have the gift of hospitality, serve in that area. If you have the gift, this is why after the service, we'll do a lunch every week. We call it Elements. You know what it is? It's functioning class. That's what it is. Elements, we do a test at the end of Elements. It's four week long. At the end of it, we do a test. It's just a giftings test. We just want to see what your function is. If you beat good, you're the heart. If, if you talk good, you're the mouth. And here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to put the mouth in place of the heart. <laughs> How weird is that? This is what we do in church. Hey, you're going to greet people at the door. And you're like this kind of like introverted. You don't really like people. You're nervous when people come around and you're like, hi. People are like, hey. And the person coming in is more, is better at it than you are. And they're trying to warm you up and trying to love on. We want to put you behind a computer or something. If you're good at computers and you don't really like people, and we can just, you can just talk that language. If you're good at people, we don't want to put you hiding behind a computer. We want to put you in, at the front door using your gift, functioning to the fullest. You know why people burn out? Because we put them in the wrong place in the body. You know Josh is a drummer. He loves drums. Never once has Josh told me, Pastor, I'm just burnt out playing drums. I mean, after the service, he'll get up there and start doing something. And I'm like, dude, service is over. Like, you don't have to serve anymore in that. He's like, no, I just, I just like drums. I, just, I, I, I like drums. I, I love playing drums. And, and at the table later today, he'll be beating on the table. And he's never going to get burnt out playing drums. Why? Because he loves functioning in that thing. So why do we want to put you in your passion? Because your passion's from God. He gave you your function. Not me. We want you to get in that class. We want, to, we want to empower you to serve the body. We want to empower you to not sit soak and sour. We want to empower you to not be a sitting Christian that hatches hypocrites. We want to empower you to get up and run this race with us. We want to empower you to win with a team that's winning. We want to empower you. Look, here's the deal. We're waiting on Jesus, but Jesus is waiting on us. The Bible says he's the head. How does the head move if the body's stagnant? How does the head move if the body refuses to function, refuses to get healed, refuses to get up out of that hospital bed? How does, how does Jesus touch a city if we're not willing to connect 
and function in our place and with each other. Being out of function is not just disorder, it's death. If your heart stops beating and stops functioning with your liver and your veins, if it chooses not to function, it's not disorder or chaos, it's death. You know why the church is dead? Because we stopped functioning. We stopped connecting. We got clogged arteries. We got arthritis in our joints. Why? Because we haven't forgiven each other. We haven't released things. We can't move like we were supposed to move because we're still hurt from the last 10 things and we're not willing to cover each other and heal together. We all got to say, I'm sorry. We all got to walk out of here going, man, whatever I did, I'm working on it. Why? Not for you or for me, but for the head. I want Jesus to touch my city. I want Jesus to change my nation. I want Jesus to show up all over this city. Or just stand to your feet all over this room. I, I'm fully done. Thank you for today. Thank you. Did you learn anything? Awesome. The greatest thing that can happen today is that dead people come alive. That will be so cool. One person told me, you don't need a flyer or a poster or a promotion if, if one dead person comes alive in your church. And I used to think, oh, yeah, if a person in a casket comes in and raises from the dead, that would be, that would be pretty awesome. I mean, that would be creepy, Snapchat-worthy, and just <laughs> be better than finding a Pokemon. I'm telling you what, it would be. But, you know, the greatest form of life is not just for time's sake or this 80 years we'll live, it's for eternity. I know we don't all the way believe that, but what if we started believing that? What if we actually believed that someone raising spiritually from the dead was even bigger than someone raising physically from the dead? Because in heaven, they believe that, right? So today, we came here for one reason, that dead people would get out of their casket. The Jesus I serve does not come to make bad people good. He comes to make dead people live. And the only reason why I can stand up here today is not because I'm good. In fact, it's going to happen again today. Priuses love to cut me off. I'm just telling you, if you drive a Prius, I still love you, but I don't know if your back window's messed up or what, but they love to cut me off. And I have this little spot of anger in my heart that still I'm working through, you know, and I, I just want to yell or honk or, or run them over, you know. I'm just, I'm trying to be good. I promise I'm trying to be good, but I just keep eating the cupcake I shouldn't eat. I just keep thinking the thoughts I shouldn't think. But, but the key is not that you're good, because how good are you going to be? What does it take to get into heaven? Like, what is the good level? Did you make it to level 10, or are you still at level 5? And then hopefully you can work up to level 10 before you get there. If you could earn it, then why did Jesus have to come? So Jesus came to take my name and die. And then he came to give me his name so I could have life. Jesus wants to give you his life. He didn't die on the cross for you only. He died as you. If you were the only one. Today, you don't have to live dead anymore. You can be alive. How do you know if you're dead? If you keep seeing the new, new car air freshener in your life, and then it wears out and you got to go buy another one, you got to get another one, got to get another girl, got to get another car, got to get another job, got to get another outfit, got to get more friends. Whatever it is that you keep feeling like it fulfills you for a moment, 
but then it doesn't and you're left the same way with the same stink in the car that you had before, that's how you know if you're dead. But Jesus doesn't want to be a new car air freshener. He wants to give you a new car, right? He wants to give you a new life. Amen? Amen? Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.